This episode of Let's Talk About Sex with Lynn and Jen is not intended as a substitute for seeing your own mental health provider. We are here to initiate conversations about sex. Let's keep the conversations going. You can find us on Twitter at TalkingSexPod or email us at TalkingSexPodcast at gmail.com. We also want to give special thanks to Nathan Diffie for our podcast cover art and our wonderful editor, Julia W.D. Harrison. Lynn Ponton and I, Jennifer Wong, are the executive producers. Yo. There's certain things that I can talk to you about that I can't really with my dad. I don't think we should talk about this. Hi, this is Jen from Let's Talk About Sex with Lynn and Jen, and I'm here with the spotlight, and I'm here with Lynn. I'm looking forward to this topic. (laughs) Yeah, I'm actually really excited about this one because it started out as something different, and it's really morphed into something that I think is going to be really great for our listener. Yeah, you want to fire away about it? I think it started out really with the Victoria's Secret uh, issue that's come up and some of their their shows and how they try to present their shows as uh, subjects of empowerment for women and just some of the issues that are involved for women about objectification and whether or not that is truly empowering in any way, shape. Right, exactly. So it really started with the Victoria's Secret fashion show, which happens every year towards the end of the year. And it's such a big deal for Victoria's Secret and so many people. And it really often brings up questions around, you know, is this a feminist thing? Is it not a feminist thing? Is it sexist? Is it not sexist? And I think sometimes the conversation stops there. And so we could definitely have that conversation. And if you as our listener want to hear that, you know, let Lynn and I know But I really also want to build on that and talk about this idea because I used to love the Victoria's Secret fashion show. I remember being in college and waiting for it, not all year, but like as it came around, I was like, oh, it's going to be the Victoria's Secret fashion show. And what I loved about it was really the costumes and the staging and, and just the amount of detail that went into everything. So for me, it was never really about like the women or the lingerie. It was really, I love the elaborate the elaborateness of the costumes. But I found myself over the years getting kind of turned off from it. And I wasn't sure until we started talking about this, really, what had changed for me. And what I realized was in the beginning, that's what it was. And they presented it as that. It was just this kind of performance. It was a show. But somewhere along the lines, they started trying to present it as something that was for women and for female empowerment. And that really, I think, just turned me off because it was really became something that is about objectification and turned it into trying to make that about empowerment. Well, I think it's it's confusing. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're highlighting for listeners uh, what this confusion really is. Uh, there was a book uh, written by Jean Kilborn um, called Deadly Persuasion. And it addresses how the media uses women and women's bodies really to sell products, but labels it as something else. This is really good for you. You need 40 shades of lipstick because you will be the toughest, the strongest, the most beautiful woman in the world here. 
But lipstick is only one aspect of it. It's many parts of the body. And Victoria's Secret really took the whole body, put it out there, made it a show. You know, again, like Miss America, Miss Universe, there's a lot of pageants, though they do other things in those pageants. Right. But this was clearly about underwear. And it's really the women's bodies were the focus and the lead of it. It's had a huge impact on generations of women who've watched it and really felt they've got to have this very special type of body that's being shown on the screen and extolled as an empowered body. Um, That's a tough one, really is. Well, I think that's the thing. I think... For me, what is so interesting, and you don't really get to see it so much if you never watch the show, but I think, you know, a lot of the the women are in the in the shown in the background, and they're like, oh, I feel so sexy in this, you know, and it's really putting forward this idea of like, you're such an empowered, sexy woman, like go you. But then I think about it, and it it's really, it it doesn't talk about you know, do they actually really feel good? Is it a sexual thing? I think it 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 sort of runs into that dynamic of, you know, feeling sexy versus being sexy or being seen as sexy are not the same thing. And I think we talked about this early on in another one of our episodes, Mm -hmm. but it's such an important thing to, I think, revisit because this idea of, you know, is it an internal thing or is it an external thing? And I think you've hit upon it there that it's it's really not the lingerie you put on and that that makes you feel sexy. It's the feeling coming in from inside of you that you are a sexy person, you are a sexual person, and you have an internal power. And if you take the clothes off, <laughs> it doesn't goes away with that. It really it takes away from this, and it's not something that advertising can sell you. It really has to come from inside. Right. And I think that's the thing, because I have no problem with lingerie. Like if you want to <laughs> wear lingerie, that's great. You know, I yeah. I also think, though, it is that idea of like a, when I remember, um, I think it was back in high school, but I remember when we were reading, you know, one of the fashion magazines, they did a poll on like, when do you feel the most sexy? And a lot of the women responded that it was when they were wearing lingerie. And for me, that's kind of sad because unless it really is an internal thing, I think Mm -hmm. for a lot of women, they feel that they look better in lingerie. And so that, you know, my partner is going to see me as more sexy and therefore I feel better. And, And that's not really the process that is focused on your own desire. And you're, you're really, I think, raising the question that women feel better in lingerie than they do when they're totally undressed and naked. Right. And really, again, this gets back to this book I mentioned earlier. You know, women are persuaded that their bodies are not desirable as they are and they need these accoutrements that they really have to buy. And uh, millions, billions of dollars are spent on this. And it's also sad for women. It's about putting something on instead of putting something forward. Well, I think, yeah, you know, if lingerie is an enhancement for how you're already feeling, then that's fantastic to me. Like that can be empowering. Sure. Why not? Because Mm -hmm. it's building on something that you feel about yourself. But if it's sort of, you know, I want to look this way so then I can feel this way, I think that's got it backwards. 
and also a big part of Victoria's Secret, as you know, I'm sure, um, are the calendars and the catalogs, and they're geared to women, certainly, but also to men. You know, so again, I think uh, if you look through those catalogs, it's geared toward you'll look this way for the man in your life kind of thing. And again, that's very explicit objectification of women. And I think what's interesting is that, you know, for a while, I want to say, I can't remember when Transformers came out, but I remember they had hired the director who did Transformers to like direct their Victoria's Secret commercial or something like that. And <laughs> and at that time, it was all about kind of the explosions and it was about, you know, like the extreme, extreme, extreme push-up boobs and all of, you know, all of this kind of over-the-topness. And what I've noticed is there's been a shift where they're going back to kind of bras that are really like, barely there or you know like something that feels quote unquote more natural and it's been interesting to see that because I think it's a struggle for companies where especially like Victoria's Secret where before they were able to say you know do all these things make your you know you will look better you will feel better if you alter yourself in all these ways and now I think they're trying to shift to match what is going on in a societal level which is really saying no I don't want to have to do all of this to myself in order to feel good about myself. I think you uh, you know, our listeners don't see it, but you have a great sense of personal style with your clothing and appearance. You love sparkle. You I know, there's a sparkle, sparkle group. And, you know, and, and we all want to have that little bit of us that sparkles with our appearance. And, you know, we want to make our appearance individual and reflect ourselves. And uh, I have a, a look, too. I have my scarves and yeah. certain things from my, you know, French heritage that I prize. They help establish my identity to the world. Uh, but uh, the biggest part really has to come internally and the two have to work together. Your sparkle and my scarves and yeah. really combine in this way. And uh, that is not talked about in this Victoria's Secret, uh, really the explosion. It's really not about individual women and what women bring to it and, and how women really inspire the sexuality, the feelings, uh, and all of this, that's left out of it. Right. I mean, it's still very much just a visual-based experience. Exactly. Um, so maybe if we thought about it, there's a lot of other ways we could, instead of having the head of the Transformers run the, the show, we could run it and run it a little bit different. Of course, I'd have all the women in scarves and you'd have them sparkle and <laughs> oh, be a big part. Oh, they're already all sparkly. That's part of why I loved Victoria's Secret. Uh, but it's, you know, it's different. Um, you know, there's different things for different times and different women. But it doesn't seem that way, really, with the show. It doesn't allow for that component of the individual. It's a narrow range they're really going for. Yeah, I mean, I think they've tried different things. They've tried to diversify themselves. And I think those are all really positive things. But I think this question really of selling sexy, and instead of sexy now, it's sort of like empowered is sexy, but you're still selling sexy. You're just calling it empowered. And there's nothing wrong with feeling sexy, but having to appear sexy for someone else. I think that's really the challenge because I think a big part of it is that for many women, 
they grow up in this society and so they learn that they don't really have their own personal desire. Their desire is based on being desired. I don't know if that makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. Totally. And that's that's been talked about by a lot of people, but you articulate it very well, Jen. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's so important, though, that we be able to have conversations with young men and women to understand that men and women, boys and girls have desire and it may manifest differently, but really helping girls tap into that desire and helping boys to understand that girls do have that desire. And you mentioned that survey you were given in school where you were asked when you feel sexiest, really. And Seventeen Magazine often sends out this survey. They do a big sex survey every couple of years that is very interesting in terms of looking at the results. But I think really looking at when young men and women really can describe their sexuality in a more complex fashion. Um, We're not going to stop advertising. They're out there trying to sell sexy to us. But we have to have our own internal version of it that we really shape and we feel proud of. Well, I think it's that idea, again, of getting back to media literacy, because I can watch the Victoria's Secret show and know, okay, like, I don't have to look like this person in order to get whatever fantasy they're selling me. But a lot of, let's say, like 10 year olds or 12 year olds, you know, maybe they're watching the show or their cousin is watching the show and they're watching it because (laughs) it's on TV. You know, if, if you don't develop that media literacy, then a lot of people do develop things like eating disorders or they feel ashamed of their own bodies. And I think that's so crucial because your body is so important to being able to enjoy sex. But when you're looking at your body sort of from this outsider, how are other people looking at me as I'm having sex? You're not really in that moment with your partner. You're not. And this gets back to how to watch the show. Should you watch when you're younger and when you finally watch should you watch with somebody who knows more about it sees it in a more complex way Uh, because if that older sister is saying look you're sexy now the way you are at 14 you don't need all this stuff and look at this this is really overdoing it and it's, it's extreme and we are the sexy girls on the street kind of thing that's a different really outlook for it Well, I think being able to look at these things as they originally were, it's a performance. There's a lot that goes into it. These girls are constantly working out, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not this sort of natural thing that's happening. It's not just the way the world is. It's really a show. And if you can appreciate it and want to appreciate it for that showmanship, then okay. But it really becomes problematic when you start to see it as I'm deficient because I'm not like that. And this gets to the struggles a lot of young women and girls have. And we see a lot of young women and girls struggling with disordered eating and dislike of their own bodies. And it's so important, I think, to really work on that, to like yourself. You've got to like your body and you've got to have a positive relationship really with your body. Well, also, I mean, for those of us who are engaged in sex, we want to have great sex lives. And it's very hard to to feel like you're having great sex if you're constantly evaluating how you look as you're having sex. Well, even, you know, I'm a fan of great sex lives. I think we all need that. But I want to really underscore, I believe everyone has a sexual life. Oh, right. Whether or not they're really engaged in intercourse with other people. We can all be sexy people. And uh, one of the patients I see this afternoon is a 96-year-old woman. And she is one of the sexiest 
sexiest women I have ever met. And, yeah. uh, you know, just her energy out there, what she puts out to the world and, you know, her sexual history as she defines it. Uh, she's taught me so much. Well, to me, I've really learned and I'm, you know, still young and still developing this. But for me, like I've realized, like I feel my sexiest when I feel like I can just be me, like who I am is lovable and is worth it and is enough. And that allows me to take risks if I want to or not take risks, but I feel very in charge. And that to me is really sexy. I think for me, that really is a positive energy connection with another person or even myself. And when I have that jolt of energy that's very positive and I can connect with another and they connect back, yeah, that really, you know, excites me and pushes me in that sexual direction. So I think those things we're talking about, they're very different than wearing lingerie. Right. They're really about our, our most secret understandings of ourselves, Jen. And I think that's the thing. So I'm I'm glad you called mm. me out on saying the sexual life. I was thinking more just in terms of like the yeah. physical, what people yeah, refer to exactly. as their sexual exactly. life, right? But yeah, no, I absolutely agree. We have we have our sexual lives. We're sex we're sexual beings. Yeah. And so we really have to look at it kind of all the time, not just in the bedroom or wherever you're engaged in the physical act of yeah. sex. And I think there are books out there. I know a lot of our listeners, some may be older even than I, and there are books about sex for one and just sexual lives as one person. And that's very important to be aware of, I think. Um, it's not what Victoria's Secret's talking about, but it is a part of the world out there that we have to be aware of. And it is very important to have a good sexual idea about yourself as you move through life into those later decades. And I actually remember reading your book, The Sex Lives of Teenagers. And I think it's in the introduction or the foreword. But you very clearly say, like, we all have sexual lives, even if we're not engaged in the <laughs> act of sex. And yeah. I remember that was the first time I had ever read that. And at first I was like, what? But then I thought about it more and I was yeah. like, that makes so much sense. And I don't think we talk about that very often. And that's why when you sell sexy in a show... This is going to make you sexy. It really is missing the point. It's out there inside of you. You've got to find it. You know, and I appreciate you sharing what makes you feel sexiest because we each, I think, have different things. They may have things in common. Yeah. You know, energy is a big part of sexuality. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I think, I think coming to a place where I could even own my own desire I think that was really a transformation for me because I very much bought into the like oh when I wear this lingerie I feel sexy but then I thought well do I really because I only feel sexy if my partner thinks I look good and so going through a transformation where it was like no like I wear it because I enjoy it like it's really for me and in in being able to love and respect myself in that way, then I can deepen my connection with someone else. That's really a very important thing to share, that it has to come, you know, internally. It's not, again, something that we put on or we wear. Uh, I think this is really about women's empowerment. It has to have energy 
and it has to be coming internally from the woman. It can't be put on from the outside. And this is part of the greater struggle we're really seeing around the emergence of sexual harassment, objectification of women. You know, women have been treated in this way. And instead, they have to do some of this type of examination, self-examination we're talking about. Well, I think it really, to highlight what you're saying, it really gets back to empowerment is an internal thing, which then you can reinforce with external things. You know, maybe my sparkly things, maybe your scarves, but it really starts on the inside. And so if the inside is not there, then it's not empowerment. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Well, to give our our listeners maybe one or two take-homes, I would say, again, you said it just then, that empowerment really has to come, begin internally, and it's not lingerie that you're really putting on. That can be an add-on, but it has to be really an internal part of this. And I think a second thing, just to look at through this uh, major change we're seeing in society, how uh, this plays in. You know, how does this interdigitate really with all the emergence around sexual harassment and other things? So pay attention, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think that is the big takeaway is really it's an internal thing. So really start looking inside. And that way, when you build outside, it's aligned with what's inside. We still have to have our scarves and our sparkle, though, right? <laughs> well, I think that's the thing. You know, you don't you don't have to feel bad about these things. Yeah. We all need to wear clothes. Mm-hmm. We all need to, you know, do these do these things. And I think it it really becomes, you know, another aspect that we don't even have time to get into today is like the makeup. For some people, no. makeup is empowering. For other people, makeup is not empowering. The but 40 really... lipsticks, exactly. Right. You, but you don't need 40. That's part of, that's the objectification too, then the selling of all of it, the selling of sex. Well, thanks for this, Jen. It's yeah. been really a lot of fun. Thanks, Lynn. Come on, let's talk about-